Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 37 of the Agree to Disagree show, where we discuss current events, politics, and pop culture. And tonight, guys, we have a treat for you. We're going to be talking about music. Let me remind you, we are streaming live on Facebook at Agree to Disagree show and on YouTube at the Agree to Disagree show as well. And also post uh, after this, this will also be available as a podcast in audio format, wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple podcasts. I encourage you guys, let's make this interactive, put in your comments, your questions in the, in the comment section, and let's try to make this um, an interactive show. So without further ado, we're going to bring on our guests onto the screen. What's up, my man? What's up, my man? How are you, gentlemen? What's up? What's going on? We got Joey Lipartiti, an old friend of mine and fellow music lover. Joe, how you doing, buddy? Pleasure to be on your show, bud. Thank you. So Thanks excited about me. this. Thank it's you for be being there. One. Absolutely. And Pleasure. I'm sure a lot of you know Johnny from Snob Media, and he's he was scared that he's going to be too snobby for us tonight. But I told him, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure we're going to be snobby about our musical selections tonight, right, John? Let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more about your two podcasts that you have now, real quick. Mm. Uh, Snobcast. Uh, it's the podcast with me and my two co-hosts, uh, Chef Tom and Hype Man Steve. That's out every Tuesday. It's um, If you want a podcast about nothing, that's the podcast for you. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and the Concert Goers, which is relatively new. We just dropped a brand new episode actually right now, but do that after you're done watching this. <laughs> um, it's uh, my friend and I... Uh, go back and we uh, relive uh, concert memories because uh, we've seen quite a few legends in our in our life so far I and love it. um and uh, yeah and, and since there's no concerts now uh, hey uh, relive them with us so the concert goers that's every thursday snobcast every tuesday awesome guys if you have the chance check them both out um it's fantastic i love the i love them i was i had them on the on my show on my podcast i don't forgot which episode number it is but you go back into it and you see it and yeah, we had a grand old time we had a grand old time so guys tonight i wanted to do something a little bit different tonight uh no politics no nothing i just want to talk about stuff that makes us all happy we share a common bond of loving music uh so i wanted to i've always been intrigued by the power of music and even more so lyrics within a song and and the meaning behind the song and and I've always I always ask myself I'm like how do they come up with such unbelievable lyrics the thought process behind it I'm sure a lot of it has to do with drugs but it doesn't matter I don't care even if they took drugs even though like, how good are these drugs guys that these people could come up with these meanings of songs and these lyrics and we're each going to share a few songs and have a discussion about it break them down analyze it and just have a grand old time and just talk about our our mutual love for music so who wants to start guys the the drugs i took never made me write a 23 minute song though i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna put that out there right away i know. Uh, always just want to be to drink and take more drugs i didn't write no 23 minute you know <laughs> so I've, always, uh, I've always been so, jealous must have done something been, wrong always yeah, been so, jealous of, uh, of of musicians or songwriters that can write songs because i uh I, I, I journal a lot, but I, I but I can't write a lyric for my life. You know, like I can't think of anything. So I get super jealous. I'm like, why? How do they write this song? You know, I, I think too. the best work is done when you don't try. Yeah, a lot of these guys so. that you know, they, they go into the studio, they have an idea of what they wanna start with. One guy does the music or he starts with, you know, he comes in with a riff or a beat. And then they go off and, you know, they try to put words to the music, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. 
but it's it's still incredible though like you know rush would rush or and i've seen some so many you know the process in terms of writing mm. the music and writing the lyrics that they'll come in with the lyrics and they'll make music to match this lyrics and like, yeah, 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 yeah. Or, or vice versa joe Right, I've I've heard vice versa. Yeah, both. I mean, I mean, every band has its own style of of you know of composing, right? So it, it, yeah, absolutely. It's it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, uh, you know, I I I wanted to what 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 I really wanted to do tonight. So I'm gonna start since it's my show. If you get, is that okay, guys? Oh, I guess Perfect. so. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a, you don't have a choice, hey Johnny. Okay, guys. Everyone knows I'm a huge um, Genesis fan, and oh. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so everybody within Genesis, Phil Collins, Steve Hackett, Mike Rutherford, uh, Phil Collins, obviously Peter Gabriel. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave the Genesis to Joe because I introduced Genesis into Joe, and that's one of my great mm -hmm. accomplishments in life. I said, <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll say the story so, later. Oh, yeah. oh, so, yeah. so I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, my other this man, Peter Gabriel, guys. I can't even tell you. <clears throat> The love, the love and respect I have for this man. So I chose one of my first songs, is 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 uh, Biko from uh, from Peter Gabriel. Why I chose this, um, you know, Peter Gabriel has always been man, uh, known as a great artist, a great human, um, with his involvement in Live Aid and Amnesty International, uh, has always um, tried different types of music from all over the world. Um, so. When he when he was asked to do this song for the Cry Freedom movie, I'm not sure if you guys saw that many many years ago. Mm -hmm. Denzel, yeah, that's right. It was a fantastic movie, and Denzel Washington uh, plays a Stephen Biko, who was a uh, South African uh, anti-apartheid activist. Uh, he was a, a nationalist, an African nationalist and socialist. And in August uh, 1977, he was uh, beaten to death by state security officers. Uh, he died in custody. Uh, which which led to to an uprising. I mean, this was of course during the time of Mandela as well. So um, Peter Gabriel said yes, of course, and he wrote what now is, is one of his biggest classics and timeless uh, classic, uh, just simply called Biko. Why I love this song is is I love songs that actually tell a story, but a real story. And in this case, it is a real story, right? But there's like this three. There's almost like four parts of the song that I love. The start, two verses in the middle, and just the end. And the end is just one line. You know, like, and and the beginning just starts with, like, September 77, Port Elizabeth, weather fine. It was business as usual in police room 619. So he's obviously setting up the 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 the, the story and, and what, what goes with it. But what the, the two verses in the middle of the song that it's so simple but yet hits home to me because it talks about what's going on in the world today is he says, when I tried to sleep at night, I could only dream in red. The outside world is black and white with only one color dead. So how apropos to what, what is going on today in the world, right? In terms of, you Absolutely. know, black lives matter and, and, and what we're living with. And um, so that one, that, that one always caught me. And then the second one, which is one of my favorite verses you can blow out a candle, but you can't blow out a fire. Once the flames begin to catch, the wind will blow it higher. I mean, come on. It just gets shivers on top of shivers. Like, how good? How good? <laughs> it's not normal, man. Like, it's just too good, right? Um, so he tells the story without even using almost his name, except in the verse when he says, Biko, 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 or Biko, and then ending the song with... Um, the man is dead, the man is dead, and the eyes of the world are watching now, watching now. It's so basically saying, guys, fix up your shit. The, wo the world is watching now. We've woken yeah. up. Uh, you know, this, there was Biko and there was Mandala that followed them after, and obviously the rest is history after that. So I, I love it that he, you know, I, I, that he has a place in history with this song representing someone so powerful, Stephen Biko. Uh, and this song is just uh, is, is so powerful to me. It's so powerful to me. So that's why I love it, man. Well, that's become uh, meaning, yeah. That's become, I think, his uh, closing song of all his, his shows, right? Uh, pretty much, yeah. He almost always yeah, closes I, with I, I uh, saw Peter Gabriel um, when he came to Montreal to do the the So album backwards. Who? Uh, because that's one of my favorite albums. And uh, but yeah, I, I uh, yeah, it's a great song. I mean, it's powerful as hell. 
you know, a great closing song too. Yeah, uh, that too. That's why. Uh, I, yeah. Always, always. It's it's like it's like Phil Collins always finishing. It would take me home, right? And especially yeah. Biko, there's always that drum riff, right, Joe? You know the the famous drum riff. Yeah. And basically, what happens is that everybody leaves the sh the stage one by you're, one, and, and you're thinking, yeah. And it's you all know? and it's only the drummer at the end, dun, 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 yeah. until he finally plays the final bit, and then it's really over. And you're you on know, your way I, home, and you think. I mean, that's all done on purpose, guys. Yeah. I mean, these guys, everything's planned. Yeah. You know, yeah. they they run it by you know their their managers. The they, they, I mean, they have set lists that are created uh, looked over tweaked yeah. there's a reason there's a method to the madness all the time and, and sure. it, uh, just since we're talking about uh, peter gabriel because johnny mentioned soul which to me i think is his greatest album i mean you look it at the, the songs from back to front it's not normal how many good songs are on that album yeah. um but you know that he worked with daniel lanois right the famous producer yeah. uh, mm -hmm. from you from too? montreal yeah yeah i've actually i've actually seen daniel lanois in, in concert as well yeah. So, oh, you have. Yeah, he had a a side project called Black Dub, uh, maybe in like uh, 2010 or something, mm -hmm. and he did a show here with them at Place des Arts for the Jazz Fest. It was fucking crazy. It's great. Okay. It's wow. like a very like a, a soulful um, indie rock thing. It was really it was cool. Yeah, there's a funny story behind that. There was a little bit of a rift between Peter Gabriel and uh, U2. It all, almost ended up in, in court that uh, U2 so, uh, stole Peter Gabriel's idea behind um, Zootopia, I think, the whole the whole album or the the, the meaning behind the, the, the concert. And um, so, yeah, that, that was kind of interesting, too. Uh, huh. Yeah, yeah, but it, he never – yeah, he, but he never he – never, went forward with it but he he still states that it was his idea and that's a lot of stuff was stolen from him from you too yeah really yeah yeah so something uh something interesting there but uh yeah so um joe you want to go well, next i'm gonna tell before I, I before i give my song so i'm gonna tell the story of how you got me into genesis because <laughs> obviously it's a prelude to getting into the yes but 1990, I could say what, 95, 96? Uh, I was yeah. saying this before off air, yeah. but I was never a fan of the Invisible Touch or, you know, what is it, We Can Dance or whatever. The yeah, case. I, no, I was dance, never. Yeah. I can't yeah. dance. Either was yeah, I. It's okay. I can't dance. I guess so, I shouldn't talk. I, guess. I mean, well, I, I, liked, <laughs> I, I liked I liked, Phil Collins. Obviously, you know, I played a little drum, so I was into that stuff. And yet, I like, you know, you know, yeah. So, I go. I, it's funny because I go into his house. If you remember, Lou, you were living uh, here for the time. I'll never forget. And in the room in the back, I'm looking through. I think you had like CDs and stuff. And I showed you this before, and this is yours. I still have it. Okay, Dude, I still have it. It's okay, Joe. It's only 25 it. years, Joe. Yeah, it's only 25 <laughs> years. You know. So I'm looking through his stuff, and I see Peter Gabriel, Genesis. I'm like, but. I didn't. I didn't know. I mean, I yeah. didn't. I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, you you don't hear Watcher of the Skies on Show My Fam. You know what I mean? It's just no, you don't know. No. So no. I'm like, yeah. He, he told me that Peter Gabriel was the singer of Genesis before he went on his own. Because I knew him as you know Sledgehammer and yeah. whatnot, right? So yeah. So I'm like, well, I gotta check this out, right? I gotta see Phil. I gotta see Phil Collins play to this guy because. It was always a little bit strange to me, right? It's always been a little Very, bit strange. Yes, so. yes. Eccentric, eccentric. I, I had no idea what I was getting into <laughs> once I saw after what what he was doing, you know? So, um, and I think talking about that, then it, I chose Supper's Ready. I mean, it's a 23-minute song. Yeah. I'm not going to speak the entirety of the song because, <laughs> no, you know, no, no. <laughs> you know <laughs> we, well, might hear, we might be here well, tomorrow night. What do you expect but, from the kings of progressive rock, right? You so, know, well, that, that's why I chose it. I figure, well, what's a good song where you can basically, if people don't know it, well, that, that would say that's the song to check out, you know? Yes. Because it basically took all of Site B on Foxtrot. Yeah. And, that, and that's what they wanted. They didn't have that one song which they were doing back then, that 25-minute opus that all those progressive bands like Yes and other bands were doing. Pink Floyd, so, whatever, yeah. You know, so he's like, well, we need to do something here. You know, they had just come, they had yeah, just come I off the... Yeah, sure, sure. I have a question. I'm not a big uh, prog rock guy. Okay. Um, 
was Genesis before Pink Floyd? Same time. Okay, same uh, yeah. time. So, Maybe even Pink Floyd a little bit before. I think '67 Pink Floyd. Started. Okay, that's yeah, well and and uh, Genesis 69. was formed. The, the the first original album from Genesis yeah. to Revelation was 1969. Yeah. In '67, that they they went to board. They were in school together. So '60 '69 was their first album. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got you. No, because I'm more yeah. of a. I, I like see for me Genesis is like the Phil Collins for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's what I grew up. A lot of people like, on Q92. That's what they used to play, which was Invisible Touch. <laughs> yeah, and uh, or Follow You, Follow Me, which yeah. I don't know. It literally just be a Phil Collins song. But uh, but yeah, and I and I had see I saw Genesis at the Olympic Stadium last time they came here. Ah, uh, I was there. I was there. It was um, so good. And I also I also um, saw Roger Waters do Dark Side of the Moon. So I was just mm-hmm. like confused i was like wait which one came first you know so thank you for clarifying you go back very similar yeah very similar, well yeah. i think well dark side of the moon came out in 73 yeah and uh foxtrot for separator came out in 72 so it was yeah. and i think they were even at the same studio i think they were recording you see like pink floyd was, was more commercial studio. right pink floyd uh, was more commercial. Uh, yeah it was yes. maybe later on you could consider it but at the okay. time yeah, At the okay. time, the prog rock was not commercial. I mean, but Genesis yeah. was very, because Pete Pete was very out there, guys. Very, very out there. Yeah. Those first couple of albums. I mean, he was the guy's a genius, but he was whew, he, and way he out did there. that without he did that without the band knowing. He decided to do it on his own because they he knew Michael Rutherford and Tony Banks were probably not going to allow him to go on stage <laughs> wearing the fox hat or you know or anything. So yeah, yeah. yeah so he. He did it on his own one night. And actually, he did that in Dublin for the first time. Yep. And in Dublin, it wasn't the most progressive like it is today uh, crowd. So when he came out wearing a women's dress. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He, he, he was worried. He's like, I might not make it out of here alive tonight. Yeah. You know? So, Joe, what was what made this, so, this song so special? Because... For me, there's that point when I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why it's, it's such a classic, a considered uh, a classic. But that point when he's when he's saying, "Hey, babe, it's gonna be all right." Uh, that part when he lifts his high voice, you just at the you, end. You're talking oh, about the end now. Yeah, I just want to cry, man. You just want to cry. Yeah, but, because it's it's the battle of good versus evil. Yeah, that's what that's what the song is about. You know, it starts off where she's with her lover. She's looking in his eyes. He's protecting her. He's shielding her, but then he changes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that and that's what that's what basically how it begins. That's what happens. You know, he becomes from the good guy. He becomes basically, oh, I fooled you. Now you're gonna do my bidding. You're gonna do what I want you to do. Yeah, and it's a bit basically. It's like in the biblical sense, the battle of good versus evil, and that's where it comes from. Yeah, and that's what I, I that's what I personally enjoy. Well, absolutely. It, yeah. If you think about in the imagery, I mean, you have God and you have the devil. Yeah. Right, and that's what he's trying to convey, where you're you're facing a battle every day. It's always the force of good, and people aren't who they seem they 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 are. That's another thing, and she's confiding in her lover at the beginning. He's there to protect her, and then basically. She notices your look doesn't seem quite right. Yeah. Something changes. And he says, six saintly shrouded men walk across the lawn with a seventh holding the cross high in hand. Where it's basically now the hounds of hell. Yeah. If you will. Okay. Well, the, yeah, this, the imagery yeah. that they've used back then. I mean, well, in, the, in the song there, it's... You know, you don't see that today. Let's put it that way. No, you don't see that today. Now it's got to be on the radio, three minutes, 14 seconds. You got to yeah. be done. You were going to say something, John? You know? No, no. That's, uh, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, and I was going to say, if they would release something like that today, it would be like blasphemous. <laughs> they they, they might release it, but you wouldn't hear about it. You yeah, know what would, I mean? Yeah, maybe one of those underground bands or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, 30 Seconds to Mars did something like that. Yeah. Type of thing. You know, but you would only hear their four-minute songs on Shom if they or the buzz. Yeah, exactly. It's not something but, you would hear. But you see, uh, you know, besides the 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 lyrics and it was it was experimental. The song, it's to me. I look at it also is when the 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 musicality of it. The mu- you think about it. Would you really think about it? You have Peter Gabriel singing. You have 
what is considered one of the best drummers of all time back then when he was a, he was a baby, Phil Collins. You have Steve Hackett, which is still considered one of the greatest guitarists of all time that left Absolutely. Genesis, unfortunately, after. Yeah. You have uh, Tony Banks on the keyboard. This is just a master. Um, so j- just that together. It, it, the, I mean, the music, the composition behind it, the performance of the song. We won't is, see anything ever. No. Like no, that again? No, not 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 those generation of those bands. But if I could just just add one more uh, one more guys, you know that there's uh, Joe Joe has seen them and uh, we've been meeting the the musical box. Uh, they're a tribute band. Uh, Johnny, I don't know if you've heard about them. Yeah, yeah. I you saw them like every year. The, yeah, I saw them at the Spectrum. Remember yeah. the Spectrum? Yes. I saw them at the Spectrum. I've seen them quite a few times. So here's a great story. Okay, they're, these guys are so good. Okay, five guys from Quebec, five Quebecois, mm-hmm. are so okay, good. Okay, I, I know they were from Quebec. I thought they were yeah. like North American. Or no, not no, no, no. American, they're from, I mean. from Quebec. They're from Quebec. Okay, John, let me let me yeah. explain to you. They are the only um, Genesis tribute band in the world that is backed by Peter Gabriel. Correct. So a few years back, I'm not sure when, their manager gets a call. He says, hi, I'm the manager of Peter Gabriel. The manager says, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. He says, stop joking, stop fucking. He hangs up on him. (laughs) He hangs up on him. Guy calls back. He goes, no, I'm seriously the manager of Peter Gabriel. He goes, can I I speak to your bandmates or whatever? He goes, yeah, sure. He goes, listen, Peter, uh, heard about you guys. Uh, The next time you're in England, drop by. They go drop (laughs) by. They, they couldn't believe it. They dropped by in England at, at uh, Real Roots Studios, his, his studio uh, recording album, and he gave them original outfits that he had from his right. Genesis days. Yeah. He gave it to wow. them. So the so ones that they're using... They're he actually was, used by Peter has, Gabriel. Yes, he absolutely. used it. Yep. The flower, when our yep. sister's turned the to flower, a flower. That's yep. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what so a great story. Uh, that's um, and they like tour the world, right? It's not just yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. The world. Like I know when they're they play, known, they they're known, they're known the world over. Yeah, they play here like once a year or whatever, and yeah, uh, but it, but they do all the all the the Gabriel stuff. They don't do any of the Phil Collins shit. No, no, it's all it's all no. pre, uh, basically yeah. pre, uh, up pre to the lamb lies box. down. Up to the lamb lies down. Yeah, they stop yeah, at the you. lamb because the yeah. first was trick of the tail once Peter Gabriel left. Yeah, uh, which which the, which I know is Joe's favorite album, Trick of the Tail. With Joe Squonk, come on! Oh, absolutely. I mean, with uh, I mean, it's one of my favorites without yeah. Peter Gabriel. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, but uh, I mean, I'll put it up against selling England by the pound. You know, mm, there's yeah. great. There's you know, bits and pieces. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I very, mean, very I, I, get them out by Friday. That's musically. I mean, I can I can understand maybe the words might not do it for everyone. Speaking of genetic control and trying to make people smaller so they can fit them into apartments so you can charge more rent. Like, I, I understand. I understand. But that, that's what. But he's a visionary. That, that, that's, yeah. you know? But think about it. He was talking about cloning. Yeah. Of, yeah. And what happened, you know, maybe what, 25 yeah. years later after that song came out? When they cloned the sheep the first time? Yeah. So, I mean, he wasn't that far off. No, but really a lot think of these about guys. It. Johnny you know? says he joked about it, but in terms of these guys were visionaries. A lot of yeah, the no, lyrics joking, look like, back. Yeah. It's crazy. You look back and the stuff that comes that comes true today, and you look at it, it's it's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Johnny, tell us your your first uh, your choice. Oh come on. Okay, so we're going totally off. Uh, prog Good. Rock over I, here. I, mean, I love it. I'm a big um, look. There's there's not many bands I listen to. From today's generation, there are bands I do listen to, or or musicians that I listen to. Okay, but there's so much to go through from like the 60s and 70s of like bands that are underground bands that you're like, I never heard yeah. this shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I'm a big, uh, I'm an avid soul and funk uh, guy. Uh, that's that's what drives me. That's what I. That's what gets me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite, I would probably say my top three. Um, songwriters and musicians is Bill Withers. Um, yeah. and I and, thank you by the way because I listened to it and oh man, you see, yeah, powerful you, song. Yeah, when you recognize yeah. new, uh, when you realize new stuff, first, anyway, just thank you. Sorry, go ahead. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, you can thank me after when I give you a little tidbit of, uh, about something, okay? But uh, the song that I chose, and I think it, it, this is first of all, when you approached me, so I want to thank you for having me on because when you asked me to do this, I was skeptical because I'm like. 
what if I choose a song that I'm like, I'm going to look back at this podcast in like two years and be like, what the fuck? What was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, this song that I chose, which is Use Me by Boo Mm -hmm. Withers, um, a lot of people know it. It's not not a deep cut or anything, but but it's always a song that comes back to me uh, when people ask me what are some of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's not a meaningful song. It's not it's not a, like a fucking Peter Gabriel visionary. It's literally a guy that's strumming his guitar to an insane drum beat and bass line. Okay, yeah. and he's talking about how the how his woman is like walking all over him, and he likes it. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's the song. And his friends are like, "Dude, get out!" He's like, "No, because I'm gonna use her the way she's using me." So like it's just like this back and forth, and like I there's something like and, and you know the thing too is it's not even a a sexy song, the lyric lyrically, but it's a sex song. Okay, like that's a yeah. song that you put on in the 70s for sure. People bang to that song. I'm sorry for <laughs> there is no doubt about that. For and, sure. Uh, there's it's just one of those songs that I, it, whenever it's on, like whenever I hear the opening, the the fucking the keyboard at the beginning, I am like ah. It could, I could be anywhere. I'm stopping what I'm doing. I'm like, do you know this? Like, and if I'm with someone that doesn't know the song, I I I, I leave because I'm like, you don't know what this song is. And I yeah. Leave, yeah. Know? And oddly enough, I have. Uh, it was never a number one hit for Bill Withers. Was but it's was his popular. big was his biggest uh, hit ever? Was it Ain't No Sunshine? Was that his biggest? No, hit? not even his not only even? his only his only number one hit was Lean on Me. Oh yeah, Lean on Me. Well, yeah. His song <laughs> his songs peaked. His songs peaked in the top ten. Mm-hmm. But the only number one was Lean On Me. And I thought mm-hmm. maybe uh, just the two of us would have made it, uh, but it didn't yeah. either. Oh, and in, so... and Bi- I don't know. And Bill had a very interesting career, too. Uh, he, there's a great documentary. Uh, it's actually available on YouTube called Still mm-hmm. Bill about him. This dude literally uh, released like eight albums. And in 85, he was like, I'm done. I'm not doing it. He like told his record contract to go fuck themselves uh, and was like, I'm not, I'm going. He went to live in like Montana or something. I love it. I love it. Dave Chappelle. He pulled a Dave Chappelle. I was going to say that. He pulled a Dave Chappelle, except he never literally came out of hiding. He was like, they did a um, uh, uh, a concert, Carnegie Hall concert Mm -hmm. in like 2015 or something, where a bunch of artists came and they performed for him. Um, And he literally came out of, I think it was, I think it was 2015 or maybe it was, I think it was 2015. Um, and and he they literally like pulled him out of hiding and was like, Yeah, come watch the show, you know? And like and he still didn't perform. He's like, I'm not gonna perform. He's like, I'll come watch people do my songs, but I'm not gonna perform. So I'm he done. Died. He, he got died inducted. Young, eh? He died last year, actually, around this time. Yeah, March 30th, um, 2020, and he was only born in 38, so 60 I think it was 62. Like no, no, no. no, no, no sorry, no. sorry, 82, yeah, 82. 82. Yeah. yeah, he was like 82. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, but um, if you want if you want to hear something really incredible, um, he has an album called Live at Carnegie Hall. Um, it was released in '73, but but uh, it was recorded in '72. And he starts to show off with "Use Me," mm-hmm. and it's it's an eight minute version of "Use Me," which I was when I first when I first saw that I was like, oh my god, okay, I have to hear this. And you hear the audience. It's going nuts, okay? And it's definitely a mixed-race audience because you can hear the white people not doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And the black people are like, holy shit, this is blowing <laughs> my mind, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's an eight-minute version. At the end of the first... Do we have to welcome your friend here? Yeah, yeah. Dario! Do we hear you? <laughs> Guys, for the, the, those of you who don't know, Dario has joined us here. Dario, can we? <laughs> do you hear us? Do you see us? Do you hear us? This is interesting. Uh, Luigi, yeah. can you guys yes. hear me? Yes, we hear you yes, now. Yes, we hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> all right. So we, we, you got you to gotta turn off the, the, the volume in the background, first of all. And um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm Ash Pope. All right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, but uh, just going back, going back to that. Exit that, stage uh, left. Of that <laughs> song. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you know. <laughs> literally. There's a. It's the first song off off the set, and he's he's doing "Use Me," 
And once the initial part of the song finishes, people are going crazy. They're, uh, they're, 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 is Luigi still here? Or is he, did yeah, no, no, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Okay, he's still here. Sorry, yeah, I thought you froze. So, no, so no. he, the, the song finishes, everyone, everyone's applauding. And he's like, oh, let's hear it for the band. Haha, <laughs> whatever, you know. And it's, apparently it was raining that night because he goes, uh, thanks for coming out on the rain. You know, so I'm like, fuck, already I'm picturing New York is already disgusting. I'm like, imagine it's raining. It's the 70s. There's heroin needles everywhere. Back then, um, yeah. And just, uh, <laughs> and just, and then he, I could, there's no, there's no visual of this, but you could see it in your brain. He probably like looks back at the band and he looks back at the audience. He looks at the audience. He goes one more time. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one more time. And he restarts the song. <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome this is the first song <laughs> this is the first song of the night that's awesome so but but such and that, an icon- that album's incredible it's one of my but such an albums. iconic uh, an iconic singer like him what what in, in at, at 80 yeah. uh, in 85 he just says screw it what what what's behind that he just yeah had enough or I mean, he uh, he had enough of the industry, but also he started recording very late in life. He was already yeah. like in his late thirties, I think, when he started recording. So he he came up late. He had those few hits uh, that came around, mm-hmm. but then at some point, like uh, when things started to change in the industry, he was making albums for nothing. Like his albums wouldn't chart, or or they just wouldn't make them relevant enough. And he was, I think, just tired, like. Uh, everything and so he released an album in like 85 which is absolute garbage was it with mm-hmm. motown was he with yeah. motown was he signed with motown no he was with sussex and and then uh no it was sussex and then columbia so you know you know what i always wondered guys yeah. we talk about all these artists and none of them yes were successful in touring and and critics critical acclaim but when it came to what, what's up with with I've always wondered, and I don't watch music awards, or not that it would make a difference to for these guys because they were just geniuses. All these musicians that we're going to be talking about tonight. Nah. But why is it that all these genius musicians were never the ones that would win the awards? That that's what I never understood. I, that I for the life of me, and I still today I still cannot understand it. I really don't. Yeah, it's. Um, I, don't I don't know how yeah. uh, how that works. I mean, I mean, you know, if you look at geniuses, you look at Stevie Wonder. He's won like a shit ton of Grammys. But true, I, mean, I, I yeah. don't. Uh, as far as far as the smaller guys, I don't know if Bill won any. Honestly, I don't. I don't think Genesis has ever won any Grammys. Or like Phil, no. Phil Collins definitely. Phil has won Collins. Phil, Phil Collins, Collins are... must have won uh, for. Um, I think he wrote a song for. for, for he he has an Academy uh, Award too for, for a movie. Tarzan, but, yeah, for Tarzan. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, but, yeah, it's, uh, no, I, I don't know how that works. And then even even now, like, don't forget, guys. I mean, words, like, back then, I mean, the racism, you had to. These guys went through a yeah. tough time. You know, yeah, yeah. It, it took someone like Michael Jackson to maybe to finally break out, break, break the barrier. Yeah, on, on yeah. like American Music Awards, when he when when he finally did, you know the the moonwalk and everybody went nuts. I mean, yeah. and there was artists, you know, Aretha Franklin before him. There were so many artists that, you know, that we can discuss. Yeah. But, I mean, back then, if you weren't in with the group, mm-hmm. you were probably, to answer your point before, Luigi, you weren't going to get the acclaim that you deserved. Yeah. yeah. You know? I just, I've always wondered and about that. That's why Motown, if you, Motown opened up and basically so that they could support those those artists, which those if artists, you look yeah. at it now, because no one else Motown was going to give him the chance. Yeah, Motown no is like the most the iconic, iconic sound ever for me. Yeah. Like I grew up listening to Motown, and I still listen to Motown, and and Motown made me discover art. Like it's like you had like the Temptations, but did you ever go listen to the Temptations like after in the seventies? Like holy shit! Yeah, like they put out good music. Absolutely. Like Stevie Wonder, same thing. Like he starts off little Stevie Wonder, but then you go into yeah. like Inner Visions, songs in the mm-hmm. key of life. Etc. Etc. You know, yeah. like, uh, yeah. It's so a, it's just a crazy industry. Yeah, it really is, guys. If um, I, I'm gonna do another song. Uh, I, I I brought another song. Yeah. Just um, 
Later. I'd like to mention also your 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 title is very good. Your my music at work, which is a tragically hip song. So yeah, exactly. Hip, and, yeah. and that's that's what I've been. I was gonna. I'm gonna talk because I I've always been a tragically hip fan. But um, honestly, mm. since uh, since Gordy died, I've I relaunched myself in the in their in their discography, and I looked at the guy. The guy was a a poet, a genius, a beautiful human being, um, yeah. and. You know, I, I chose another song that I want to talk about. Is It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken. And mm. this song was based on uh, John Buchan's uh, graphic novel. He was a Scottish novelist, a unionist, and a Canadian politician, a governor general, I believe, of Canada, that uh, coined this term, It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken. And it, it's 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 one of tragically hip songs, but it, I find it's like, it's almost, you know, futuristic in, in terms of, 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 him talking and this is way before his death obviously but the the lyrics in the song are just unbelievable right it's just talking about um you know right in the middle of the song this there's just a couple of verses that i love he says let's get friendship right get life day to day in the forget your skates dream full of countervailing woes in the verse as ever scenes proceeding on a need to know <laughs> like what the it's, yeah. it's like, I, I, this is the reaction that I always have. That's right? the good stuff. Yeah. This, you know, the, and then there was always something like, with. Go ahead. Go ahead. There was Jim. always something with hip lyrics, and 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 also hip lyrics, and also the way Gord sang the sang the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, I'm I'm I like you have been a fan of them, but then as soon as he passed, or in that period when we knew about that, mm -hmm. I relaunched myself into the hip, and I was like. And then I didn't understand why they didn't come to Montreal, but on the final tour, which whatever, but um, yeah, I, I, I they could have definitely sold out an arena easily. You know? easily. Oh, for sure, for sure. But no I guess it's the French thing or whatever, like, uh, but they're not as big as we are in, in the rest of Canada, but it's still their Pro Jam, too. Come to same thing, Pro Jam will not yeah. come to Montreal, guys. Pro Jam, Pro Jam last time they were in Montreal, Montreal in in 2011, I was there, mm -hmm. and that's the last time I saw them. They were actually going to come to Quebec, I believe, right when the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At but the Videotron Center, it's still on apparently, but not yeah. for full. Okay, but so what? So what's there's something wrong with Montreal then? What? What's what's they, up? There's something with the. I, I, look, I can't talk about. They didn't it, like. I know why. From I can't what we know, the pro, the okay. the uh, it has to do with the promotion. There's something with the with the booking agents. And that's right. Okay. Okay, yeah. so yeah. it's funny you say that because same way, you know, same way why, why why Bruce hasn't been here, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Same right. same way, like, like Bruce Springsteen hasn't been here and stuff like that. So, you know? so it's funny, uh, Joey, an old, just to say, yeah. yeah, an old friend of ours, Tony Chichi. Tony, says, oh my, oh my God, Lipertiti, yeah. Joey Lipertiti, yes. And Tony is the one that went with me when we saw Tragically Hip Under the Stars and Bourbon Street North outdoors, mm -hmm. guys. I oh, will wow. never, never forget that night, Johnny. What year was that? Oh, oh 95, 96? Uh, no? It's got to be around that time. Maybe around there. Uh, Cheech, yeah. if you... If That's crazy maybe... because because they were, yeah. they were still big at that point, you know, like yeah. Bourbon Street North. <clears throat> Bourbon Street North, Johnny. Can you believe it? <laughs> Monday nights, yeah. Bourbon Street North That's with their concert crazy. series. It was yeah. crazy. Cheech, if you remember the date, put it in the comments, please. Yeah. So just, just another little, uh, another snippet from the song. And then um, for, um, for a good life, we just might have to weaken and find somewhere to go, go somewhere where we're needed, find somewhere to grow. <laughs> I don't know. I can't even say anything more. Like, I mean, <laughs> basically he's saying, you know, it, it, to not we can just find your purpose find where you're needed and find where you could grow it's just the way it's put together it's just it's poetic it's just beautiful fuck i miss gordy yeah um tony cheech yeah, says yeah what 2006 guys 2006 2006. 2006 fuck yeah <laughs> that's crazy yeah hmm. yeah that's yeah. nuts they were they were big like they were a big canadian band i, I know i always man. i always ref refer to them as like the rem of canada you know? yeah, yeah that's a good one <laughs> it is no because he kind of yeah. sounds like michael stipe and uh, they kind of sound like each other and they came out roughly at the same time and, they, and then, they're both not as big as they should be and you know i'm a they, huge rem fan they got they both got their start rem especially in the states but with with the college crowd exactly rem became what they became 
because of the young college crowd. Mm. Yeah. No one was booking them. No one wanted to book them. They were singing this type of progressive pop rock mm-hmm. that older people weren't getting. Punk rock mixed with everything. You know? Yeah. Orange Crush and, and, and obviously the other ones that they had. But if you look, yeah. their, their, their crowds were 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds. When it caught on, then they were able to get their first record deal later on. I think it was with RCA, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the hip. The hip never made it big in the states. They couldn't get. They couldn't. They couldn't get through. They could not get through. Finally, I think it was just the album before fully completely. I think it had well, New Orleans is sinking, if I'm not mistaken. They started getting a little bit of, but they couldn't. They couldn't make it in the states. No, and even even when they were after yeah. their their famous the Saturday the... Night Live performance. Go ahead, John. I was just gonna say, yeah, yeah. the SNL performance. Yeah, no, no I was just gonna and... say the SNL the SNL performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's just it's a it's a pity that uh, actually no you know what no I, I think they they remained truly Canadian and I think it was just our own like our own little secret, um, but a lot of people yeah. say they're one of the best rock bands you know i mean the guy was a genius let's put it this way and, and they they knew how to string that music together as well the whole band and 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 make it work and make him make him stand out as well but and you know th- these are guys five guys best friends from high school man what a fucking story what a beautiful story i think we didn't realize what we were listening to true until a few years ago if you go back just to you know Hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, I agree, Joe. I agree. Uh, and yeah. I, I always had the feeling like I can tell you I was... that. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead I finish. Sorry. I, I always had the feeling that when I would am listen I, like, to the track, am I keep cutting? Hit. By the way, like. No, is it, there's no. a little bit of a delay, but it's okay. <laughs> nothing, nothing crazy. I, I was gonna say I always had the, the feeling when oh, I sure. listened to them. Sorry, I, I keep interrupting that Joel, we sorry. were. <laughs> it's fine. I was gonna say the only, when I listen to the hip, it's like I was listening to something that was my own. Yeah, like no one else knew. It's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I agree. like. I could have gone anywhere in, maybe not in Canada, but anywhere else, and they couldn't. Yeah, they couldn't relate to what we were listening to. Yeah, you know, it's fifty very mission true. cap. It's also because so the. Story. Yeah. Because they, right? they strictly stuck to Canadian lyrics and Canadian references, right? You know what I mean? Oh, sure. You know, he's talking about the. Shit. He's talking about the Bill Barilko, you know, disappearing, but the last goal he scored, you know, yeah, won the Leafs the cup. I mean, you you're not gonna get that, and it flowed beautifully. But listening to that, yeah. you were Canadian. You're. T- you know it, it, was, I, I it was. I think. Yeah. It was. It was. It, I would no, say, I was it, was, say I think it was hard. The yeah. most Canadian, the most Canadian lyric I think that they have uh, is from a song called "Firework," mm-hmm. and and yeah. the line is, um, "You said you didn't give a fuck about hockey." <laughs> I never heard someone say that before. That's literally <laughs> the line, and I'm like, that's like yeah. the most Canadian thing <laughs> ever. Uh, amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Tony Cheat says, yeah, like the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, Bare Naked yeah. Ladies. Yeah. Great musicians. Yeah. Great underrated. Yeah. Great musicians. Yeah. I, I mean, agree. they're known for their song on Big Bang Theory, but yeah. these guys are... these the, the, the musicianship that comes out of these guys is... Yeah. And yeah. you have three guys in there that could be lead singers for any band. True. Yeah. It's true. Fantastic true. voices in that band. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Joey, what did you what did you uh, did you want to sp- sp- talk about another song or something else? Uh, no, not really. I was gonna, I, you know, I was gonna bring up, you know, obviously what it meant to me, like personally, like you know, Dark Side of the Moon was mm-hmm. big, it was huge, and I'm not gonna lie, I only really got into Dark Side of the Moon maybe 15 years ago, where I really got into mm-hmm. it and I, I analyzed the songs and the way they put the song one after the other and how yeah. it flowed, you know, if you will, on the album list, if you will, or CD sure. list, you know. But you you think of songs of you know uh, now and then, uh, us and them, mm-hmm. you know uh, money. I mean, it's just you know. Uh, I mean, I'm not surprised it lasted what two hundred. How many how many weeks did it last on the Billboard? 
I mean, forever. Uh, yeah, was, you know, forever, like yeah. thirty-five years or something, or, or what? <laughs> yeah, you know, something yeah. ridiculous like that. You know, and 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 most of these guys didn't didn't like each other. They couldn't get along. When you really think about it, I mean, what if they what if they got along? You know? Yeah, but what is it with with bands that can't stand each other? You know, I think about the police. These guys apparently couldn't bear each other to yeah. be in the same room, but they made such oh, brilliant I, music. I, I, I met Stuart Copeland, and I could understand why you guys, why people wouldn't get along with him. He's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the police Ooh. when they came on the reunion tour. Mm -hmm. and, same uh, here. Same here, John. And you could tell Sting just hates everyone. Yeah. Sting's a great musician, <laughs> I, but like on stage, he, like, he's like sh he's like shouting out to like, <clears throat> uh, like fucking uh, uh, Andy, and he's like, uh, he's just making comments. You know, I'm just like, okay, well. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm you not surprised that they did. Maybe not Andy because he's quiet, but the other two, I, I'm not surprised. Sting and Stuart could, Copeland could not get could not get along for more yeah. than five. That was minutes. a money grab. Let's be honest, a big money. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, people wanted to see it. They did it, which is and it was cool. great. But, I don't, you know, I don't regret it. it. I, I don't mean, regret it too. You know, it was, they're great musicians, and that's fine. I mean, you saw it. It is what it is, but. They were fantastic. I mean, I mean you know, what I what I really enjoyed was was watching the the um, Peter Gabriel and uh, and Sting when they you, toured you went together. To that show? Yeah, I went to that show. It was awesome. really really good. Yeah, they have a nice uh, they have a nice friendship and it showed and it was a really really nice show. They did each other songs. They did some other of their own songs. It was was really nice. I really enjoyed. That's kind of like uh, it's kind of like when I saw um, I've seen um, Elton John and Billy Joel together. Oh. Um, that's but great. They, yeah. but, but they apparently don't like each other anymore, which is sad. But uh, oh, that's too bad. But I mean, let's be honest. Elton's a diva, so I mean that I know for a fact. Okay. Um, but um, but no, that was a, that, but regardless. That show was three and a half hours. Like I'm just, I'm just saying. You know. ha have you guys ever wow. watched the uh, Hired Guns, the documentary on uh, you on uh, no? Netflix? Is that you about studio, watch it. studio musicians? Oh, is that about so, the, the studio musicians? Like studio musicians, yeah. yeah. Yes, I did see it. Yes. Yeah, where you had the drummer of Billy Joel. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, okay. Vinny. Yeah. Yeah. He was the drummer for Billy Joel for 40 years, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I could get. Billy Joel went into the studio after 40 years with this drummer, Italian guy from New York. Yeah. And he didn't call him to go work. After 40 years, he never gave him a phone call to say, hey, I'm replacing you or things aren't working out. Billy Joel was getting married. I think it was 1980-ish. Billy Joel was getting married. Uh, sorry, 1990-ish. And he never called him. He never invited him to his wedding. 40 years, he was the drummer for him. How do you do that? I know, there's a, I, I, I know there's a thing with... Uh, so, I, know they, I know they both had uh, alcohol issues. Mm -hmm. The uh, drummer and Billy. I think his name is Vinny, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, they both, and I think that was the falling out. I think was the alcohol uh, thing. Honestly, that's, yeah, that's that's too bad. Honestly. You should watch it though. Hired Guns on the Netflix. Yeah, it was very good. Watch it absolutely. Yeah. I will. And I mean, Billy Joe continues to sell out. Hundred well, percent. Madison Square Garden. I think yeah. he does four shows Monthly. a week. Uh, no, you know, he does, he does like that, four shows a month, whatever the case may one, be. Once a month, Joe. Once a month. Yeah. So a month residency. And it's been, what, 25 years? And he, keeps on, and he says it. As long as I keep on selling out, I'm going to keep on He'll doing do shows. It. But the minute he doesn't get a sellout, maybe he might stop. But he's been he's, selling out. He's brilliant, Joe. And I wanted to go. York staple. I was planning to go during. I was to say that's what was on my bucket list. I was going to go to New York and see him and take a trip and, and go watch him. And uh, obviously, COVID started, and that put a little... Uh, spoken my wheel for my plans but i definitely when it gets hopefully i really want to go see him we could go together i want i want to go see him he's on my bucket list i have to see him one of my uh bucket list I, i've seen billy joel uh already with elton and alone uh, mm -hmm. but um one of my bucket list shows is to see billy at the garden just to be like in new york yeah at msg like with that crowd you know like yeah. uh, mm -hmm. especially in that building it's so iconic you know yeah absolutely i've seen a concert at msg i, I saw madonna it? <laughs> MSG. Wow. Madonna at MSG, yeah. 2010 was the Confessions okay. on a Dance Floor. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to New York. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. Once you're there, that's why not? Man. Oh, it was great. Great. Then she puts not, on a dude? great show. Yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, hey, John, you want to yeah. do your last song? Yeah, I guess I'll, I guess we'll do it. And it's about New York, too. So it's very interesting that uh, we segue into this. Yeah, Mad Hatters. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, one of my yeah. uh, another one of my favorite songs of all time, and definitely I think probably my top five of Elton John uh, is Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's off the Honky Chateau album, which I think was released in '73. That album has uh, Honky Cat and it has uh, Rocket Man uh, as far as hits, but uh, Mona Lisa's and Mad Hatter's is always like a B side, mm-hmm. and um, it's just it's pretty much about it was written by Bernie Taupin, obviously. Because uh, they were the writing partners together, mm-hmm. right? But the song is literally, it, 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 the lyrics kind of, you know, are obscure. But it's pretty much about how Bernie, like, moved to New York from, like, London, this, like, small shit town in London. <laughs> and New York scared him so much that he wrote this song. Uh, and it's literally, like, a love letter to New York. But uh, he just wasn't comfortable living in New York. But okay. it's become kind of like this synonymous song that elton plays in new york almost all the time when he's there mm-hmm. um but yeah and, and it became it became more popular after uh, almost famous the cameron crowe movie okay uh which is a brilliant film if you haven't seen it uh it's about roadies and stuff about this like fake band whatever because uh, cameron crowe wrote for rolling stone for many years oh, i don't know and, that. Uh, yeah and uh in the 70s so um so and the song is featured in, on that soundtrack, and Cameron Crowe is also known is known for like having incredible kind of like a Tarantino. He has like the best soundtracks, you know, in cinema. Yeah, and Mona Lisa's Matters is on that. It's a very pinnacle uh, point in the film, and and Elton says in an interview, he goes, "If it wasn't for that movie, he goes people would have never have heard that song." Yeah, like, uh, um, so it's a brilliant song. It's it's sad. It's it's just like piano and like wind section. And Elton's very pure, like early on voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a beautiful song. It's one of those songs. That's, uh, I have a handful of songs that when I hear it, I have to stop what I'm doing and listen to that because yeah. it, it just blows your mind. You know? Don't you find it amazing? You you said something in there how the musicians we've loved that we followed for <laughs> all my life. I'm 46 yeah. soon, and I listen to their stuff from the 70s to the 60s to the 70s to the 80s to the 90s some to the 2000s the evolution in their voice the evolution in their yeah. songwriting um it, it just that's always been so amazing to me how the greats are able to constantly come up with stuff but you know what's you know what i at the end of the career when you start to see that the lyrics are starting to change a little bit and maybe be a little bit more simplistic i'm like mm-hmm. okay now's the time to hang it up you know so i'm always but you always want more right you always want more but you almost think you almost you know i see all the guys my musical heroes i'm like just don't write anything new just continue performing your old stuff you know and i agree with you 100 percent. i don't want uh you know like same for billy joel he hasn't released an album since 91 and he's True. like i'm not planning to do i'm not planning to do that because even Elton John, his he, last album he released was maybe in uh, 2017, I think. Fine. But when you go see him, you don't want to People don't want to see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And he knows yeah. that. And as much as Elton is very vocal, he hates performing Crocodile Rock. Okay, He hates it. <laughs> like, um, and, and actually, on the Farewell Tour, when he went to Europe, a few shows, he didn't play it. So you could imagine some people that they walked out of there probably felt like gypped. <laughs> like, but for me, for me too, what I'm like, yeah, Crocodile Rock is shit. I, I'm like, I don't like it. Yeah, but I don't like it either. Yeah, I when you have the crowd singing the, it's annoying. It's an annoying song. Yeah. yeah when you have the crowd singing it, you're like, yeah, this is cool. But him, he's just there. He's like, let's get this fucking show over with. Like, uh, <laughs> like yeah, because as a musician, yeah. right? I mean, you you know what you you know. I presume you know what your good stuff is, right, guys? And you know yeah. the stuff that sell and that. And you've been playing the same along. songs for forty years. It, it gets tough. Joe, you think it's six tough. 60 you know? Exactly. You think yeah. when I go see Genesis and I hear everybody go crazy when We Can Dance comes on, mm-hmm. like, come on, sit the shit. Yeah, shit. Come on. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah, sit down. Sit down. Talk. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Come on. Seriously, guys. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know, speaking of what, what Johnny was saying before about Bill Withers, he's just stopped in 85. Mm. The police did yeah, exactly. That's like, the police did the exact same thing. But then they went to do Soul. Well, Sting the, went to on to do well, Soul. Well, the right? police yeah. sold out Wembley Stadium, 80,000 people. And the next day, they told their manager, "I'm done. We're done. <laughs> We're done. We're done." Well, you know, for me, for me, I guess for you guys, it's kind of the police. For me, uh, I, I, uh, my sister is a big influence for me musically, and she introduced me to Oasis, and I'm a huge, I'm a huge Oasis fan. Yeah, and, even them. 
And, and I saw them in 2008, which was their last tour. It wasn't supposed to be their last tour, but it ended up being their last tour. And um, just there's so much hatred. Two brothers, blood. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we fucking hate each other. You know, like it just like it, it blows my mind. And, and they're incredible. And them too. Like you say, they sold out Wembley. Oasis sell, sells out like stadiums over Europe. Like it's it's like, what? And then, you know, it's fine. They both have very successful solo careers. But like there's still that inch of me that even though they hate each other, I'm like, please, for the money, just go do a just go do, yeah, do something. Please. please. I mean, please, we need it. Like, we need it today. We need it today. I'm, and, and, I'm very grateful, but please. Yeah. And we need it today. And this is a great segue to the last thing I wanted to talk about, guys, yeah. is um. I'd love to know what you guys listen to in terms of today's musicians, and what do you think is the state of music today? I uh, listen. This, <laughs> I think that you can skip the answer. It's a, it, yeah, <laughs> it's a state of YouTube and clicks and views. Joe, That's honestly, what you, it is. The, there's one band uh, that I listen to now is Mumford and Sons. These guys, yeah. I've seen them in concert twice. They're yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I've but, seen them too. That's it. Oh, you saw them, John, in, in Ottawa or Montreal? To Mars. No, I saw them. Uh, yeah, 30 Seconds to Mars. I actually saw them last time they came to Montreal. Mm -hmm. It was in Laval, actually. Uh, you know, it's okay. They're good. They're good musicians on record live. Uh, mm, okay. Jared Leto uh, vocally live is, you know, it's it's a bit skeptical. Yeah. But but he's a great front man. But then as far as uh, Mumford and Sons, no, I saw them the last time they came to Montreal with okay. the, stage in the, the stage in the middle of yeah. the Dawson. Yeah. Uh, I went. Just my friend's a huge fan. Uh, I, so I enjoy them, but yeah, they're good. Um, I, I really enjoy I, them. That's it. New I'm, artists. I don't know. I'm 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 worried about. Not that I, it doesn't care. It, it doesn't bother me that much because I think we have enough music to last us five gener five lifetimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the state of music today, I mean, it's, it's is it even existent? It's a honestly? business more than it ever been. It's not. Yeah. I don't I'm, even think uh, it's about the music anymore. Yeah, there's I that. think it's about you, what yeah. you can portray, what you can sell. If it's politically yeah. correct or you're some sort of woke, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. different. You know, but for me, like uh, I don't know, I'm a, I I I try to give it some chance. I actually I have friends that are younger than the, the than I am, so like they'll send me some stuff that's like big now, and I'll listen to it just because they know mm -hmm. what I like, right? So yeah, but I, I I'm really big right now on like Dua Lipa, who's Who's really yeah. good? She has yeah, a she's great, okay. yeah, she has she, a great she, voice. She's she in implementing like soul and disco to her music. <clears throat> mm -hmm. yeah. um, there's another artist who's underground, who's fucking like this guy will never become big, okay? Mm -hmm. But his name is Nick Waterhouse, um, and he's like a, a soul rock and roll dude. All right, he has like nice four or five albums. Um, none of the songs you've ever heard in your life, but this mm -hmm. guy, he has something. Um, and he actually just released a new album last last week. But then you know you go into like other artists like I love Adele. Like when you like, there's yeah. so much. Like Great I voice. like Adele yeah. because she she waits to put out music. She's not putting shit out every fucking minute. Yeah, yeah. but she's a so, real artist. I'm saying she she's yeah. So the know. last time she put out an album when when that hype was real, it was real. Like people were like, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear what she has. You know. And now there's talks that she's gonna she's working on stuff like you're like okay well and i like it because then you, you know like you get to be excited about something yeah i mean like uh, yeah so but, uh, uh joanne yeah. blanchette says tea party are good she also tea party mentioned, are great yeah she also mentioned uh greta van fleet yeah I, i'm on the fence with them yeah. the let's up and rip off yeah, yeah you know that, yeah they, they they sound good for the generation that wants to have nostalgia yeah. about what you know True. what it was before yeah, they, but it's new, right? So yeah. it's something you'll oh, hear. I, I, I love I love Foo Fighters. There they go. Sorry, you know, that's Foo what I was well, yeah, of course. Yeah, they've been around for thirty years. I mean, they're not new anymore. Yeah. You know, but no, but you know, absolutely. but they're still relevant. Like uh, absolutely, Dave Grohl is a genius. You know, like absolutely. Uh, thank God. Like for me, thank God. He, thank God. Okay, not thank God, but like you know, Nirvana, whatever, Kurt Cobain, Sad, whatever. Mm -hmm. In a way, thank God that happened because for me, Nirvana is not a great band. You listen to Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters is a better band mm -hmm. than Taylor band. Hawkins, great drummer. You know, and yeah, he yeah. Oh my God, true. Yes, you know? like uh, I saw them in Toronto at the Rogers at the Rogers Center. Like, uh, just like incredible. You know, like, and it's true what you said. Imagine if it never would have happened. We've never been introduced Imagine. to Dave Grohl. The nicest is there a nicer guy in rock and roll? I don't know, but I want to meet him. 
the guy is just <laughs> i want to fucking hug him i just he's so yeah. amazing he's yeah. so amazing and he could he, just a great guy and a great musician and uh, all the one great guy guys um thank you so much it was it was really fun tonight um thank you we're gonna definitely do this again absolutely um, thanks for having uh, me on yeah thanks guys i really appreciate it thanks everyone for for tuning in yes uh, joan for sure pearl jam still pearl does jam. it too of course yeah well, i mean yes. one of the one yeah, of the great of course huge man crush on eddie vetter <laughs> so guys uh on that note have a great friday have an even more amazing weekend we'll be back next week thanks guys again thank you so much god bless everyone guys have a great evening guys thank stick you. on we'll chat off off the air Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.